about eight and a half years ago, Yolanda and I got married, and um, we had to start planning the wedding and who we're going to invite and who's not going to be invited. And um, this week, I was reminded of it again. We, um, Yolanda's grandmother passed away. She had a full and a long life, but she passed away, and um, it was her funeral, and then we had to clean her house out. And afterwards, this was left, and this was the invitation to our wedding more than eight years ago. And um, I remembered, like, the whole process of inviting people again. So back then, I was still a student, but I was also working as a youth pastor, and I was part-time helping out at my dad's church, so we were involved in two churches. And we told everyone we're going to get married, we got engaged and everything, but we didn't send out any invitations yet. And the next moment, we started hearing people complaining that, like, why was this person invited and I was not invited? And created, like, these little mini fights because some people felt like they were left out, others were invited, and they were not invited. And we're like, but we haven't sent out invitations. We haven't invited anyone yet. And at the end of the day, what we did is we got married in my dad's church, and we said, like, anyone who wants to come to the service, it's open. Just come. And, and we're not going to invite anyone or not invite someone, and then someone is angry. So we're just going to open it up for everyone to come. And at the end of the day, it was a great wedding where a lot of people showed up to, to church to share the beautiful day with us. But what I realized is this. An invitation can really make or break you, right? Because an invitation can make you feel important. An invitation can make you feel valuable if someone invited you. It makes you feel like they see you. It makes you feel like they care about you. It makes you feel like you're worth something. But at the same time, it can break you. Because if everyone is invited to something and you're left and you weren't invited, you feel like you're not valued. You feel like you weren't seen. You feel like you're unimportant to them. And at the end of the day, a little invitation can not only make or break you, but it can also lead to a place where you can learn new things where you can experience new things, where your life can change, or where you can stay where you were because you weren't invited and your life stays exactly the same. So that is why we started this series, I Was Invited, to talk about what it means to invite people to journey with Jesus. And often, if you grew up in church, you might have heard the word evangelism or missions or something like that, and it sounds like this big concept or this foreign concept, or it's like, now you get missionaries who go overseas and they work overseas or all these weird things and you're like, that's not me, I'm just a normal person, I'm not that good or I'm not that important. But in this series for the next three weeks, we'll be looking at this topic, I was invited, and see what it really means to help someone to meet Jesus. And today, the first part of our series is called Hear, See, Invite, Repeat. So let's try that together. Hear, see, invite, repeat. Repeat. No, you didn't get it. Okay. okay it, took, it took a moment. But it took a moment, but, but you almost got it. Hear, see, invite, and repeat. So that is our topic tonight. And um, we're going to look at this process of, wh- of how, what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to invite other people along us on the journey of following Jesus. Is it really difficult? Is it really complicated or not? And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at the life of Jesus himself, how he invited people to follow him, and how that led other people to repeat that process. So we'll be reading from John 1. If you have your Bible here, you can open to John 1, verse 35 to verse 42. I'm going to read from the New International Version. If you don't have your Bible here, it's going to be on the screen, and you can follow along there as well. If you've got a cell phone, download the YouVersion Bible app. 
And then you've got all the translations of the Bible on your phone. Okay, so John 1. Jesus just started his ministry, okay? So he's kind of like wandering alone on his own. There was this uh, man named John the Baptist, and he was baptizing people, and he was telling people that a Messiah is going to come, someone who's going to save them, someone who's going to change their lives. And then one day, this man, Jesus, walked past John, and John is like, if you just go and read the first part of John, of this chapter, John is like, that is Jesus, that's a Messiah. And what we don't read in John, we kind of just see a little summary, but John then baptized Jesus. We read about that in the other Gospels, the other books that tells the story about the life of Jesus. And a dove descended on Jesus, and John heard a voice from heaven. He heard God's voice saying, this is my beloved son. So John knew this is Jesus. This is truly the Messiah. This is the one that God sent, his only son. And then the next day, this is what happens. Verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples, Okay, so a teacher would have disciples, a teacher would have pupils, people who followed him, people who learned from him. And John, being a teacher himself, he had people who followed him. So the next day, John was there with two of his disciples, two of the people that followed him. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God, that's Jesus. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So they left John behind and they they walked after Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. So that's what we're going to read today. And he brought him to Jesus. Because when I read this story, you can go and read the rest of the part, and this story basically continues, but you can just put different names in the story, in the rest of chapter 1. The story continues to repeat of hear, see, invite, repeat. Hear, see, invite, repeat. This kind of just goes around. And when we start out, we see about, we learn about this man, John. John, who heard about Jesus, he read the Old Testament, he learned, and he heard that a Messiah is going to come, someone who's going to save them. And then he saw Jesus, he interacted with Jesus, he had an encounter with Jesus, And finally, when he saw Jesus walking past him the next day, he basically invites his disciples, and he's like, that's the Messiah. You need to go and follow Jesus. Don't follow me. Now, what you need to know is back in the day, losing your disciples were a disgrace because it means that you were a bad teacher. It means that you weren't capable of leading the people who were following you. But for John, it didn't matter because he had an encounter with Jesus and he knew who Jesus was. He's like, go, go and follow Jesus. Join, join him, go and find out what Jesus is about. And these two disciples, after they've heard about Jesus, they go to Jesus with curiosity. Now, I want to tell you today that the journey with Jesus, most of the time, 99% of the time, your journey with Jesus will always start when you hear about Jesus. In Romans, Paul wrote, and he said that you cannot 
believe if you have not heard. You first need to hear the gospel. Faith, he says, comes through hearing. So this is how simple it is. If you have never heard of Jesus, if you've never read about Jesus, if no one has ever told you about Jesus, how on earth will you know who Jesus is? Yes, Jesus can do amazing things. We read like stories about the Middle East where Jesus appears in dreams to people who've never heard about him. But 99% of the time, God chooses to use people like you and I to talk about him, to share our stories with other people so that they might hear, because if they do not hear, there's no way for them to ever follow Jesus. And this is what is interesting to me. Often we think that when we want to tell people about Jesus, we need to be really clever, we need to have a degree in theology, or I need to be a pastor or a missionary, and then I can tell people about Jesus. But what is interesting to me is as you read the rest of the story as well, right after this, another man who started to follow Jesus goes to his brother, and he's like, man, I found this Jesus, and he's from Nazareth. And his brother is like, can anything good come from Nazareth? Because it was like this little town where like nothing really happened there. And if they didn't come with clever words or clever things, all they did is they came with something that sometimes seemed insignificant. They came with what they experienced and they shared that with someone else. Because here's the deal. When we want to talk about Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you felt this burden on yourself. You feel like I have to convince someone else to believe in Jesus. Guess what? You cannot convince anyone to believe in Jesus. But what you can do is you can share your story of what you saw, what you, what you heard, what you saw, and then you can invite someone else to journey with that as well. Because the moment they heard about Jesus, guess what happened? Something inside of them came alight, and that is curiosity. So they, they're like, okay, this is what John said. He's like, this is someone important, but we don't really know what he's about. So let's walk behind him. And Jesus turns around, and he's like, listen, why are you following me? And they're like... We're curious. Jesus, where do you stay? We, we want to spend time with you. We want to learn from you. You see, so John couldn't convince them that Jesus was the Messiah. But John could tell them about his experience, his encounter with Jesus when he heard God saying, this is my son. And that created curiosity in these other two men to go and find out more about Jesus. In this series, when we talk about I was invited, this is mostly for our church family. And if you're not a Christian, um, if you're not into following Jesus, that is okay. You're still welcome here. But this is kind of like one of those conversations where we sit around the family table and we're like, okay, guys, we, we need to talk about some serious stuff. And this series is like that, where we talk about the serious work that Jesus has given us of inviting people on the journey with him. So if you're a Christian and you've ever felt overwhelmed, I want to tell you, stop feeling overwhelmed. All you need to do is you need to share what you've heard, what you've seen about Jesus. And that might spark a curiosity in someone else. See, often in that video, we saw that a moment that seems insignificant can change something, can change someone's life. And you might be standing around your friends on Monday or Tuesday, and you might say something random about what you experienced on Sunday, or what you learned, or the way God challenged you, and you think it's seemingly insignificant, but it sparks a curiosity in someone's life, and they decide to, see, to find out more about Jesus. Never underestimate the small moments. Never underestimate a word of saying, 
I saw something amazing or I experienced something significant or my life, life changed. Because when you share, it might give the opportunity for someone else to see Jesus. You see, they started following after Jesus. They walked behind Jesus. But to know, to hear about Jesus and to see Him, to hear about Him, to know about Him, and to experience Him or to know Him is two completely different things. You see, a lot of people, most people in the world has heard about Jesus. But only a third of the population of the world claim that they follow Jesus. And in South Africa, a country where 71% of people call themselves Christian, I can assure you that 71% of people do not follow Jesus because then our country would have looked different. But at least that 71% of people has probably have probably heard about Jesus at some point of the journey. And there's a difference knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. There's a difference between hearing about Jesus and seeing Him, experiencing Him, spending time with Him. These disciples followed after Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, where do you stay? And I'm like, why did they ask him that question? Why didn't they ask him, like, Jesus, who are you? Or Jesus, tell us something significant. Or Jesus, heal us. Or Jesus, change our lives. Why did they say, Jesus, where do you stay? And I think they said that because they, basically what they said is, Jesus, we want to come and stay with you for a while. We want to spend time with you. We want to experience what it means to talk to you to hear your voice, to see you in action. And Jesus invited them along. He's like, come, come stay with me. Come spend time with me. And for three years, these guys followed after Jesus. For three years, they saw him doing miracles. For three years, they heard him preaching. For three years, they saw him driving out demons. For three years, they saw things that they could, that they struggled to explain. But some of it is written in the Gospels. It's interesting to me, I did a year after school, I did some corporate marketing. And it's interesting to me that the best marketers in the world are the guys who truly believe in what they sell. Now you get these guys and they will call you. And, and they're like, sir, I'm selling life insurance. But you, you can really hear that this guy is basically just reading something to you. He heard about it, he learned some words, but he has no idea what he's selling. He doesn't really know what it's about. And then when you talk to someone like that, it's really easy to tell them like, you know what, I don't need this product, so I'm just going to put down the phone. But then you get people who truly believe in the products. And and they're like, sir, you might die. And what is going to happen to your wife? Imagine you die today. How will your wife pay the bond of your home? How will your wife take care of your kids? And they really believe in this thing because they believe if you buy this life insurance, it will help your wife. And you're listening to this guy, and he's so convincing. You're like, okay, I'll take it. Just tell me how much, right? When I was working as a marketer, that's the first lesson they told us. You cannot sell what you do not believe in. And that is why you get marketers and they will say like, he can sell ice to an Eskimo. You see, if you think an Eskimo doesn't need ice, you're not going to sell it. But if you believe that his drink is not cold enough, you got to convince him to buy some ice because his drink is going to be better if he's got ice in it. You can only sell what you believe in. You can hear about Jesus, but if you do not believe in him, if you do not put your trust in him, if you do not follow after him hard, if you have not experienced his, the life change that it brings in your own life, you're going to have a hard time inviting someone else to follow Jesus. 
Not because you don't have enough knowledge. Not because you're stupid. Not because you don't have the right words. But because you have not experienced Him yourself. These guys heard about Jesus. It sparked a curiosity. They asked Jesus if they could spend some time with Him. If they could see Him at work. If they could see what He's doing. If they could experience Him. And then something amazing happens. We read in verse 42 that Andrew immediately, he heard about Jesus. He doesn't call his brother, Simon Peter. He doesn't call him. He's like, I've heard about him. It doesn't mean that he's truly God. It doesn't mean that he can change lives. It doesn't mean that he can heal anyone. I first need to experience him. So he hears about Jesus. He spends time with Jesus. And then immediately after he experienced Jesus, immediately, not after three years of training, not after he's learned to say some clever words, immediately he goes to his brother, he goes to find his brother, and he invites him. He's like, dude, you need to come and meet Jesus. You know what's interesting to me? Is this, this excitement that you can almost sense when you read this. He's so excited. He's like, dude, I found Jesus. And it is amazing what he can do. It's amazing what he teach. You will not believe the way he changes lives. I have to share it with you, brother. And he just kind of brings Simon Peter along. And what I learned when I read this story is that an invitation is a natural response of a heart filled with joy. A heart filled with life change. A heart filled with an encounter with the living God. You cannot sell what you do not believe in. You see, you cannot make an invitation if you've only heard. You cannot make an invitation if you've never heard. You can only make an invitation after you've heard, after you've seen slash experienced, and then you can invite. And that is the process that continued throughout the Bible. And there was never, never do we read that someone had to go through a course or that someone had to be super mature or that someone had to spend a couple of years with Jesus before they could invite. Every time someone had an encounter with Jesus, it was like this thing that just bubbled out of them. It was this excitement. And they just had to go and find everyone and say like, dude, you need to join me in this thing. In John 4, this woman at the well, at first she doesn't know who Jesus is, and she heard about the Messiah. She spends time with Jesus, and afterward, she's, man, her life is messed up. She had so many men in her life, and Jesus, like, just confronted her on that straight away. But she gets up, she runs into town, the same people never want to spend time with her. And she's like, you need to come and see what this Jesus is about. You see, invitation is a natural response of a heart filled with joy. Once we have experienced the life change that Jesus brings, we cannot contain it for ourselves. I grew up as a pastor's kid, and I heard about Jesus all my life. And today I'm a pastor myself. But often the story doesn't turn out this way. Often people grow up as a pastor's kid, and then when they grow up, they decide to not follow Jesus anymore. They decide to go a different route. They decide to turn their back on Jesus. And I always wondered, why does that happen? And I think one of the biggest reasons that ha is, that's happening is because often we hear about Jesus, but we never experience Him. We never encounter Him. Our lives are not truly changed by Him because we're okay with head knowledge instead of heart knowledge. We're okay about hearing, with hearing about life change instead of experiencing it. We're okay reading about the miracles that Jesus has done through His church, but I never seek it out myself. I never ask God to work through me. 
And I think often people grow up in this house where they hear about what Jesus can do and they hear about who Jesus is, but they never see that, they never experience it. So at the end of the day, they think it's a dead religion and they turn away from Jesus. I'm here today because I believe it is worth following Jesus. I believe my life, I can give my whole life to this cause because it can change the world. It changed the life of this man. It changed the life of John. It changed the life of the lady in John 4. It changed so many lives. And every time a life was changed, the natural response was to invite someone else. I want to challenge you to go back home and to go and read the rest of the story. I couldn't put all of it on the screen. But if you continue to read after this, Jesus calls another man named Philip. And we read that Philip, Jesus invited him. He's like, Philip, come and follow me. And Philip spends time with Jesus. And then he he goes immediately to go and find his brother, Nathaniel, because he couldn't contain it. And often I hear people saying like, man, I want to invite people to church. or I want to invite people to follow Jesus, but I don't know how. It starts with telling people what you've experienced. John told the disciples what he saw. No clever words. Just what you experienced. And then people are like, but I don't know who to invite. No, we live in a city where people doesn't want to hear about Jesus or... You know, I might insult someone at work. Listen, you cannot insult someone with your own story of life change. You can insult them with wisdom that, and all kinds of knowledge that you convey in the wrong way. But you cannot insult someone if you tell them about how your life has changed from bad to good, from death to life, from sickness to health. That's not insulting. You see, but once you experience Jesus, once that life change happens, you will find anyone you can. You will pull your brother in. You will pull your mother in. You will pull your dad in. You will pull your colleagues in at work. You will pull the people in that you hang out with after work, the people that you kite surf with, the people that that you play golf with, the people that you do art with. And you will just share with, you want, will want to share with everyone because it will just bubble up out of you. And I know what you might be thinking still like, but, but dude, I'm just an introvert, man. I'm not that good with words. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like you. You know who was really good with words? Simon Peter. Jesus called him the rock on which the church would be built. And after Pentecost, after Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit, Peter gets up, and Peter walks out of the place, and Peter, with the power of the Holy Spirit, starts preaching, and 3,000 people were baptized that one day. Can you imagine how he baptized 3,000 people, man? I don't think he even dunked them. I think he just put up a sprayer, and you're like, just run through, guys, just run through. Okay, we're at 50. Keep going, keep going. We're at 100. Peter preached one sermon and 3,000 people decide to follow Jesus. Like, Louis, I'm not Peter. I'm like, you don't need to be Peter. Do you know how Peter got to that point? Let's go back to our story quickly. Let's go back. Andrew. How many times do we read about Andrew in the Bible? I don't know, not a lot. I don't see him doing a lot of massive things. How many times do we read about Simon Peter? The whole time, man. He's always doing something crazy. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, 
the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found Jesus. You see, you might not be a Simon Peter. You might not be the guy who's capable of preaching to 3,000 people. But do not ignore the small moment. Do not ignore the little message that you can share or the person at work that you might say a simple word to because you never know. You might not be Simon Peter, but you might be Andrew. You might be the guy who leads someone else to Jesus who leads 3,000 people to Jesus. And that's okay if you only invited one, if you only knew one, and you invited that one, as long as you did that. Never underestimate what your story can do. I always think about Billy Graham. And I don't know who led him to Jesus. Billy Graham would preach to millions of people. But I can assure you, the guy led him to Jesus didn't lead him and knew that he was going to preach to millions of people. He just led one guy to Jesus. And that guy preached to millions of people. Andrew, I don't think, thought that his brother is going to be the rock that the church will be built on. I don't think that he knew that his brother is one day going to preach one sermon and 3,000 people is going to know Jesus because of that. But still they invited. So I want to invite you today. The fact that you're here means that you've heard about Jesus. About the Son of God came to earth in the form of man, but he was still 100% God who died on a cross so that we do not need to be separated from God anymore, so that we can know God, so that we can live in his presence, so that we do not only need to have knowledge about God that we read in the Bible, but so that we can experience God, so that we can spend time with God, so that we can hear his voice. That's why Jesus came, so that our sin will no longer separate us from God. You've heard about him. but I cannot make you believe. You need to decide to experience him yourself. You need to decide to run after Jesus and say, Jesus, where do you stay? Jesus, what do you want to teach me? Jesus, give me more of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, lead me where I need to go. Jesus, what's my next step in life? Jesus, how can I draw closer to you? It's your responsibility to go after him. It's your responsibility to seek him out and to experience him. But only after you've had an encounter with him can you invite someone else. But if you have encountered Jesus, it's impossible to not share him. So remember the process. Hear, see, invite, repeat. Hear, see, invite, repeat. John heard, he saw, he invited his friends. His friends heard from him about Jesus. They saw Jesus, they spent time with him, and they invited their brothers. And then Philip heard about Jesus, and he spent time with Jesus. He saw him, and he invited his brothers. And it's a process that continues over and over Hear, see, invite, repeat. Let's pray. Jesus, often we're so scared about sharing our faith. We feel like we need to be a Simon Peter or a Billy Graham or a pastor or someone significant to be able to share about you. 
But your process is so simple that we read about here today. And I want to pray for every single person here, Lord. I want to pray that we will not be satisfied with head knowledge about you. That we will not be okay with only hearing about you tonight. But that we will go after you. That we will seek you out. That we will give everything we have to see your glory, your beauty, your greatness, and the life change you bring. Lord, I pray for every single person here that they will will not find rest in their souls until they've seen you, until they've had an encounter with the living God. And I pray, Lord, that once we have encountered you, that your spirit will bubble up in us like a fountain that we cannot contain, that we will not be able to stay quiet, that we will not be able to keep it for ourselves, but that everywhere we go, that we will invite people to experience what we have experienced. I pray that our words will spark curiosity, that people will become curious to seek you themselves. And I pray that this process will become part of our lives, to hear, see, invite, and repeat. We pray it in Jesus' name. Bless our church. Grow our church. In Jesus' name, amen.